Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O C-O. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Vamos Marauders podcast. We are back. My name's Benton. I'm Zach. We got a special guest with us today, Mr. Kyler Hodges. Kyler, would you like to uh, introduce yourself to those who might not be familiar with you and your work? If you're not familiar with me, unfortunately, you are now. I am the <laughs> host of Hammering Down, uh, Football in the Magic City. I'm also the host of the USL show, and I've basically just been covering everything soccer from the UWS, UPSL, to USL of every variety. Um, yeah, that's that's about it. I just live and breathe soccer for free. <laughs> you're Yeah, you're one of the hardest working men in the league, not only – do, are you like, do you have in-depth coverage of the Birmingham Legion, but running the USL show and it's just, you're nonstop, dude. Like you got an infinite gas tank. Yeah, I was browsing um, the website. You took a road trip for a league two game. Yeah. Recently. It looked like it was pretty fun. Oh, it was a blast, man. Honestly, I know this sounds like I'm being a bit uh, satirical or whatever, but to be honest, Clinton, Mississippi is an awesome soccer town. It's actually kind of electric. I love this uh, small little markets and seeing stuff like that develop. And that's, that's the cool thing about some of these uh, lower level leagues, like league two, league one, seeing that develop. And you've been doing, um, there's been uh, some other soccer action in Birmingham too, right? I've seen you tweet about. Yep. Yeah. So there's a uh, UPSL um, that's the men's team at FC Birmingham and the UWS team, uh, the women's side who I've been covering them on UWS weekly as well. I was lucky enough to be asked to join that crew, but UWS has been awesome. Definitely massive for women's game here. Yeah. We don't, we don't have an NWSL or a, or a USLW league team yet, hopefully. Um, but so we, so I cover what we can and enjoy it while we have it. Yeah. I look forward to the, the W league and the super league growing and hopefully more, more USL teams can have a, a W league or a, uh, Super League side. Yeah, I'm expecting a lot to kind of follow suit there, and hopefully the uh, the the Legion, or at least the City of Birmingham, is is on board with that one. Hopefully, so we took over uh, one of the women's academies around here. That's normally in the WPSL, which really? hopefully that means we uh, we will be able to streamline to a W League or Super League. Which the Super League's really exciting because when we did the interview with Betsy Howe on the USL show, she said that the Super that the super league is going to have the same exact C, uh, CBA as USL championship, which means the minimum wage is only going to be about $6,000 less a year than the NWSL. So the NWSL is about to have a real competitor on yeah, their hands. It, I, that's good. Yeah. I'm all for that, you know, nip at the heels of the, uh, of the NWSL, like make, you know, Give them a what's, push. It, what's the saying rising tide brings up all boats or something. Yeah. I don't know. I'm tired. There's some saying like that, but (laughs) you get what I'm saying. (laughs) I get it. Yeah, I hear you. All right. Well, uh, Kelly, I do eventually want to talk Birmingham Legion, and then especially since we're coming up with Birmingham Legion versus Louisville City. But -hmm. before we do that, um, I want to talk about the the USL show and all the work that you've been doing there. So when did you like first originally start taking over that? It's has it been about about a year yet? I'm losing track of time. Um, not quite. Basically, I took over right after the USL uh, championship. Well, the 
cup final that's confusing mm-hmm. um USL championship championship yes um <laughs> that's that's when i took over and so it's been it's definitely been a journey uh growing the show from being more than just a championship show taking it to mm-hmm. league one league two w league super league and everything in between i do appreciate how yeah. you've been bringing in the other um the other components of that because you know why i follow the championship most closely of all of those i do like to kind of keep a, a rough pulse on those other leagues and see what's happening i just appreciate soccer of all of its forms and there's always a special charm again about the the lower levels i think the league one coverage on this show has been very good this year yeah i mean I, oh god i mean i love tyler's work i cannot wait for lexington to get in because I cannot wait for more people to actually start reading Tyler's stuff. Here's a plain, uh, shameless plug of someone who's not on the show, but God, his stuff is so good. Yeah, Tyler uh, it's gonna be, he's awesome. Uh, it's it's going to be so good to have two USL teams in the state. I, I have a lot of ties to, to Lexington from all my time there uh, at, at UK. So I'm, I feel pretty invested where I'll be following them as long as it doesn't conflict with my, my little city interests. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that it can make it to like their very first match and stuff like that. Like I missed being at the, the, you know, the very beginning for all this stuff for, for Louisville city, but I have an opportunity at the Lexington stuff to kind of, you know, be around and, and see it and see where it takes off to, because, you know, they're going to start playing at UK's uh, soccer stadium, but you know, one day they're going to be playing in their own soccer specific stadium. And it's just going <laughs> to, be cool to watch that growth stadium like literally across the street from rough i mean like the ideal spot in lexington to put that uh, that one i think next next Nick, um yeah. uh, the property pe- um people end up selling to somewhere else so they're kind of looking um kind of roughly around the uh, the outskirts of the city which isn't like too far as it sounds but too it would have been wouldn't, yeah it would have been sick right by rough but they'll get some, they'll get something good going. I know for sure. Uh, I, he's been under Tyler's been closely following that situation and posting about the meetings they're having about the property developments. I think they already have something secured for like a number of training fields. I don't think it's mm-hmm. going to be where their stadium is going to be, but hopefully get something situated sooner than later. Um, so with the uh, back to the USL show. With it, not only do you have like the show itself, but you kind of had some like offshoot shows or specials. I know there's like one like related to kits, for example. Yep. Like what else? What all do you guys have cooking over there? So we have kit season, which I mean, it was something <laughs> that was kind of brewing for a while. Um, it, I mean, just, I mean, the USL is very unique across, you know, especially lower league, uh, whenever you get to your league twos and championship or a championship league one so on and so forth that they uh i mean they come out with amazing stuff and the guys who run that you know a couple loose city guys as well some loose city and indie boys and geo who's a uh, greenville with league league one um they've they've knocked it out of the park whenever i approached them i was like you guys love kits i love kits i think people would watch this what do you think it's honestly some of my favorite viewing that we have. I will sit down whenever I'm downloading it and editing it as we go. I'm watching it and enjoying it just like everybody else because I'm not involved with it at all except for the final editing. So I'm having a blast with that. And then the other ones that we have, we have Mondays and Thursdays. We have the short show, which is just a short show. Um, it's supposed to be a little recap of the weekend and maybe some midweek matches. That's where we do some interviews as well. Um and then there was one other one that we, oh, we have away days, which actually is coming to Louisville next week. Um, so away days is uh, we basically try to show why the USL is a beautiful place to go watch a game, which is why I went down to Mississippi, filmed in away days down there. And yep, uh, we're going to Louisville and then we're going to Charleston in a couple weeks as well. well Charleston will be cool. Yeah, I've, I'm stoked. I've, I haven't seen a, a match there, but I've like visited just Charleston in general before, and I'm obsessed with that city. Me too. In that area. It's so great. So enjoy, enjoy that one. That'll be fun. Very cool. Do you have anything kind of with the USL show stuff, like in the works, any uh, any new projects or, or ideas? or Right. I know, right you, I know you always got the gears turning. It's always – the gears are always turning. Right now it's kind of figuring it out. We had – We had an interview that was set um, with, I'm not going to name names, but if anybody wants to go digging around, there is a certain goalkeeper um, in Minnesota 
uh, with the, in the W League that we were in talks with having an interview with and scheduling didn't work out. Um, but we're working on getting some interviews with players and with some coaches. We did a lot at the beginning of the year. I mean, we did an interview with Union Omaha's general manager uh, this preseason where he – before the U.S. Open Cup even started, he called out Minnesota and Chicago Fire by name, said that they will beat them in the Open Cup. He called their <laughs> shot before the year even started. And I go back and listen to that interview a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so fun. I'm so happy that a, uh, a team like them got, got such a great run in the Cup. It's so League good to have one, that back. League One had a great Open Cup in yes. general. Yeah. Yes. We got knocked out by Tormenta, which – sucked but it's fine um we i mean that was uh it was funny because that interview came along anyway because the rivalry between union omaha and greenville i think that one has kind of worked its way through just all of usl sphere i think everybody kind of knows about it mm-hmm. and we did an interview with their uh their general manager and they're kind of like uh i don't know what the operation of the branding and like the marketing guy who works at greenville because good friend geo you know kind of hooked us up because he's a greenville fan like the Mm -hmm. greenville fan and after that we had the president the owner and the gm slide into our dms from omaha that said we saw you had greenville on the show we want to be on and do it better (laughs) that's awesome i love that that's a rivalry yeah it was awesome (laughs) now correct me if i'm wrong but the greenville omaha rivalry is almost one based off of the fact that they're probably two of the top teams in their leagues in a way I would say almost maybe like a little city in Phoenix sort of thing. Yes. Just two traditionally awesome teams. Yes. Um, basically the first year that they were around uh, Greenville game in year one went gangbusters lost to uh, North Texas in the finals, which had a, uh, a couple of big players. Uh, if you want to go look at that North Texas roster, I think Jogo was on that one, right? Jogo, uh, Pepe as well. There's oh, wow. other, yeah. So there was some real dope players there. Greenville lost that, that one, I think, uh, two to one, I believe. And then the next year, COVID happened. But they still played a season. They get to the final championship game, and the game is canceled. And Greenville won the league off of, off of just the regular season. That's where they called it. They didn't do uh they didn't do a, a Tampa Bay versus Phoenix where they're like, we don't know who won. They gave yeah. Greenville the trophy. That's um, interesting. And so the next year, it's another rematch in the championship with Omaha versus Greenville. And they and Omaha smokes Greenville to properly win the championship and the their WWE championship belt because there is a trophy on the line where they have a WWE championship belt. And so during the regular season, it is passed back and forth. Greenville just beat Omaha. And if you look at League One Twitter, Omaha Twitter is on fire knowing that Greenville has the belt, and it's awesome. Oh, my God. We need a belt so badly. That should be like the LIPA trophy or whatever. Oh, that'd be beautiful. That's a clever idea. I like that one. Yeah. Now, I, I saw you did a vi- – um, I remember you, when you went to Greenville – you did some, like you filmed it and stuff like that. It looked like they had a nice like setup there. Yeah. So whenever I went down there, that was an interesting uh, away days vlog I did because the day I filmed that was the day I got engaged and my fiance was she was excited about it. But she was also not happy that I was filming a soccer game, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's fine. Um, yeah, it was a Wednesday night match against the bottom of the league, uh, North Carolina. And there was probably about 3,000 people there on a Wednesday. And for a lot of teams, they're happy to pull that on a Saturday. And people were there were apologizing. They're like, we're so sorry that you came out here and you, you, there was nobody here, even though well over, you know, three fourths of the stands were full. Yeah. Greenville is a real deal soccer town. They, I mean, with John Harks at the helm, which you guys oh so love from his FC Cincinnati days, um, he he they have built something really special. And I think if they make the jump up to the championship, they people are going to fall in love with that away day. The the thing with attendance and like atmosphere and whatnot, if you have like if you have the appropriate size stadium, like it doesn't matter. Like if they're if they have three thousand people there at the stadium, that's you know 
three fourths away full, like you said, like you don't care how many people it is. That's like no. an awesome atmosphere. It's nice and intimate. But if you're like, you know, if you're like in a huge stadium and there's like not many people there, it's a it's a different story. So oh, yeah. just, I went, just say Birmingham. Just I went. <laughs> I was. Well, I, I honestly away. was not even thinking about that. I had a great time at Birmingham. The Birmingham is <laughs> awesome. I recommend I'm, that to everybody. I've been away at uh, Indianapolis when they were playing at Lucas Oil, like fifteen thousand people there at Lucas Oil, and it felt completely empty and lifeless. Like, yeah, the, the size of the stadium lines. matters so much. Whereas, like fifteen thousand at Lynn would be rowdy. It's like yeah. full packed house. And, and while we're dunking on Nindy, like not only do I hate stadiums like with the football lines, because that's just a mess to watch. But one of my biggest pet peeves are fields with tracks around them because you just feel so much like spaced out from the action. I don't know. It just really triggers me. So I'm super <laughs> happy that Indy's finally going to get a stadium, largely so my away day experience is good. It's good for growth of the league, too. But like they have two of my like least favorite setups. <laughs> Wait, can I, can I circle back? You mentioned going away to Greenfield when they were playing North Carolina. Can, can we just sob for North Carolina who who dropped down a league and then we're still the worst worst team in the league? Yeah, they they were <laughs> the worst part is that they actually had a pretty decent squad. They were just young. Yeah. Um that that was a that was a wonderful day. If you can go back to find any of the tweets from that game uh i think that what was that that was like june 16th um they had they had a big falling out or they had a big deal happen because after the game was over their keeper who is now the backup keeper at the miami fc punched the ball into the stands started screaming at like children and the greenville players started throwing beer at them it was i remember hearing about that yeah. awesome and I took a video of it and then I watched it back and then I did an interview with a uh, geo afterwards. I'm like, so he threw a ball. He was like, yeah, apparently he's soft. And like he, and ever since then, he never got his job back because a kid named Nick holiday, um, who, if you're a U.S. men's national team fan, keep an eye on him. He's, he's been starting and has been the best keeper in league one. And he's 15 years old. Ooh, 15. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Right on him. Yeah. Isn't there another, I feel like there's another like really young keeper in the league in the past like year or two. Maybe mm. I'm thinking of him, but either He's way, probably, like that's, yeah, that's incredible. 15 years old. Good on him. Yeah. Good on him. So, um, Zach, do you have any more questions really just the USL show USL in general, or do you want to move on? Talk Birmingham slash Birmingham versus Louisville city. I want to get into Birmingham stuff. It's I'm interested to hear more. Like I, yeah. I've been following the results, but I haven't had a chance to watch them a lot this season. So I'm curious to hear like, how, Kayla, how do you, how do you feel this season's gone so far? Birmingham? Cause it feels like watching them from the outside. It seemed like they kind of struggled a little bit early and then have sort of been hitting their stride lately. Yeah. So to begin the season, there was absolutely this feeling and people were straight up saying like they wanted our coach sacked. They wanted to completely scrap the roster that the roster sucked, that they wanted us to complete start over. There were fans jumping ship. And this is a bit of what happens when all three years of your existence, you've made the playoffs and you get that level of success. And this is, a oh, we're familiar with that. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You make I mean, Eastern Conference still... finals every season and you lose three games and the world's on fire. <laughs> I mean, I remember, oh, who did you guys lose to? It might have been Los Dos, and I started seeing uh, cruise out tweets, and I'm like, <laughs> come on, guys. I'm like, you are idiots. Um, sorry, Loose City fans, but if you were saying Danny Cruz out, you're an idiot, um, which I'm assuming that most people listening to this were not cruise out people. But I think it's a safe assumption. Yeah. yeah. Um, Unless I tweeted that. <laughs> <laughs> But, I'd kick Zach off if he treat Cruz out that early in the season. <laughs> he knows better. So the thing is, is that preseason, every single year, I do a massive thing of predictions. I predict every single match for every single team in the Eastern Conference. And I predicted through 15 matches that the Legion would have 25 points. And right now we are 15 matches into the season and we have 25 points. But it did not come at all the way that I thought it would. 
Um, we played pretty poorly, couldn't finish the ball. We were dribbling way too much. And these last couple of matches, we changed our system, something we had never done under three and a half years under Tommy Sohn. And it has changed everything. I was a little bit concerned that maybe our results were a bit smoke and mirrors because Phoenix is bad. And then right after we beat Memphis, they go and draw to Hartford and we're like, okay, maybe this winning streak is a bunch of nothing. But then we go out to New Mexico and demolish them. They were never in that match. Never. And that's a big shock considering preseason New Mexico was, it was either my number one or my number two favorite to come out of the West and represent them in the title. Mm-hmm. I think New Mexico's yeah. good this year. They are yeah. good. Yeah. They're I mean, you're a yeah. big win. Yeah. Your past two wins, Memphis and New Mexico. So yeah, it's certainly seemed to have found something recently. One thing that stood out to me with, with Birmingham and I, I like to look at the numbers a lot and, and I, I kept, I put some stuff together. It's easy for me to look at, at it. And it's particularly for goals for, I'd say Birmingham's probably been one of the unluckiest teams when you're comparing actual goals scored compared to expected goals. Like yes. I, I have this little little chart visual and they are at the very bottom for being mm-hmm. unlucky there. So I've, I've kind of been watching and monitoring that situation. And even when like, it looked like early in the season, it looked like you guys might be outside the playoff picture. I'm like, they are, it, I mean, if, in the long-term trend, it seems like they are they are due, if you will. And if, it seems like they're find, starting to find that a little bit. If I don't know what the updated numbers are now, um, but going into the New Mexico match, Legion had a wonderful 8% shot conversion rate. <laughs> it was – we were creating shots. We were creating chances. We were top five in the league for for shots, but yet – fans were saying we aren't shooting enough we aren't shooting enough we aren't shooting enough the thing was is that we would take our shots and they would either get blocked or we would take too long and miss an opportunity the amount of times that we would have a one-on-one in with the keeper and then choose to play the ball off to somebody else was astonishing and we got a shot from that opportunity but it wasn't the right shot and So ever since we kind of moved, it wasn't quite route one. We're not just lumping the ball over the back line and just praying. We're moving back to a system where instead of just working the flanks, instead of holding on possession and trying this really beautiful football, right? We're still getting that result of beautiful footy, but we are doing it a lot faster, a lot less dribbling. Um, At one point we were leading the league in dribbles per shots, which considering the fact that we were top five in shots and we were all leading the league in dribbles per shots tells you we, all we were doing was dribbling. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, we moved away from that, decided that we're going to start pressing, we're going to start counterattacking and using our speed, which we have a ton of. We've gotten a lot more results. And even though maybe the goals are not coming in in a big landslide, the offense looks so much more dangerous yeah. now. That do you think you you were or maybe still are in some ways like is somebody on like or some t- people or multiple people on your team lacking that like that killer like total striker mentality like score at all costs are they a little too conservative or what do you think's going on? Yes, um, it, it's this is going to this is already I guess aged poorly this take because he's literally scored yesterday, but uh, Juan Aguidello he. <laughs> just didn't shoot. He came out and I, I've said this quote a lot, but he had a quote that said, I want to, I want to basically get back to MLS. I wanted to just start shooting. I want to start shooting and be a true number nine, like the guys in MLS. After that quote, he only registered two shots, not two shots on target, but two shots over the span of six matches. Oof. Yeah. And he was our starter and we kept starting him. And there's a guy on the bitch, Eddie Horvat, who does have that striker mentality that's willing to shoot. Um, it's really just been, we've had three and a half years under Tommy Stone where he definitely played tiki taka, where you wanted to work the ball basically into the net before you shot. And we're slowly starting to pull away from that. And Juan finally got his goal. And we, after that, I mean, guys like Enzo Martinez, guys like Zach Caravo, they started just shooting. 
And mm-hmm. we're starting to slowly get there where we are shooting and not being as conservative, which is a lot more fun to watch. Now, Juan Agadello, he had he had just signed this year. Do you think it was this, he was still kind of in some sort of like adaptation period with the team, kind of getting accustomed to his teammates, style play, et cetera? Or do you think it's all on him? Um, I mean, there's definitely – you can never say it's all on one person when it's a yeah. team sport, right? right. But – it, it was a bit more frustration, not necessarily with one, but the fact that we kept forcing him. Um, and he's still starting when I still think that Eddie Horvat should be the person starting. I like mm-hmm. what he brings to the team, especially moving towards this pressing system. Eddie Horvat's a lot faster, and I think he's more physical. Um, Juan Agudelo is more of a dribbler. He can possess the ball. He can pass the ball well. And, you know, he does have a good shot on him. But Eddie Horvat is the guy that you want pressing. He's going to force mistakes. Um, every single match, except for this last one he played, he's gotten a yellow card within the first five minutes of being on the pitch because all he does is press the ball, and he does have a bit of a striker's tackle. But I do like what he does out there. Um, but I, it's more or less the frustration of why do we keep pushing this guy when he's not working? Let's slowly work him in and then start him. But it was like day one, we're going to start him now. I feel like he should earn it more in a way. Earn it more or at least just get to the point where he feels comfortable enough because USL has become a league of such a high standard now that mm-hmm. you can't just drop in a – great player and just expect them to run the league anymore yeah Uh, it's the league has just gotten too good for that i love how the how the standard has has continued the rise across the board that's been a lot of fun to watch in the past few years yeah now you mentioned him uh enzo martinez how's he been uh been performing for you guys it seems like he has adapted pretty well. It seems, didn't seem like he ever really missed a beat. He was kind of an impact player in a way for for day one for you guys is that is that a fair assessment yeah, um, Enzo, we have two guys on the team that we consider the engines, and that would be Anderson Asiadu and Enzo Martinez. And Enzo has been there pretty much the entire time now. I think he started every single match now um, with Anderson getting a little bit of a hamstring issue. All we had to rely on for that engine was Enzo. And a lot of his stuff um, you see on um, – um, let's see. You see a lot of Enzo stuff on Fought Mob doesn't love him. His numbers do not love him on Fought Mob, but he does a lot of stuff that doesn't show up in the numbers that Legion fans see and appreciate. He's, he's done a lot for this team. He's the kind of player that I absolutely hate to play <laughs> against. I oh, listen, he was <laughs> enemy number one. I hated Enzo Martinez. Before he came to Birmingham. And by hate, I mean, I saw him play for Charlotte and I was viscerally angry just watching him come oh, out yeah. of the tunnel. <laughs> he's, I can, I can guess, like, he's probably my most <laughs> hated player in the league for like yeah. the last couple years. And I would probably, I would absolutely love him if he played for Louisville. <laughs> yeah. It almost kind of reminds me of like an Anton Hopino situation. Like, I can yes. see, like, just because of how, how just, <laughs> vocal and flamboyant he can be like he's super annoying when he's not on your team but when he's on your team like yeah oh my gosh i was down on the pitch uh for a game earlier this year i think it was against uh charleston and the ref sounded like he wanted to cry because every time there is a foul on anybody if anybody touches a legion player enzo martinez is running right over there and starting giving the ref a an ear fool. And at one point you just hear the ref yell, Enzo, just please stop. I'm begging you stop. It's like, he is like pleading for him just to quit. And it was one of the more depressing, but one of the funniest things I have ever witnessed. But I mean, yeah, hope no. him and Brian Ombi for Legion fans we were like, God, they're so annoying. But we all said if they were on our team, we love them. And we always said about Enzo too, and meeting Enzo Martinez off the field, first off, his daughter is adorable. Um, she is so precious. I talked to her for 15 minutes on where she bought her necklace. Aww. So cute. Um, but he is so kind. He is just a wonderful human being. And you would never guess that if you just watch him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, very cool. Um, who, who are some other standouts on the, on the Birmingham roster that Louisville City should be familiar with as we uh, – 
as we approach our matchup against one another. I, I mentioned him, and I'm not sure how much he's going to play because he is coming back from injury, but it has to be Anderson Siadu. Um, he, I mean, he Eddie Horvat has given him the name Little Tank, and that is, there's a reason. He is five foot six, and you'll never dispossess him. He, he can dribble with the best of them. The best that you can ask is that you make him lose ground but he you will not dispossess him he is going to put in a hard-nosed tackle he is going to win the ball off of your best off your best players he will the best thing that you can do with the anderson do is just try to neutralize him as much as possible and force him to take bad shots because he can be forced into taking his 30-yard banger which he has yet to hit but by god he tries but that's really all you can do with, with him. I I know that sounds a bit homer of me, but he is the one guy that, and I've said this before, if he was from America and not from Ghana, he would be an MLS two yeah. years ago. Yeah, you have a bunch of USL guys in that situation where they're, they, they are good enough to play in the MLS, but not good enough to get the designated or the international player slot. Yeah. Yeah. It's this, this roster rules are so, so tricky to get around. Sometimes even players age is like, they're not that old, but they're old enough where the MLS like doesn't want to take a look. And there's a lot of weird situations like that. So Cam has spent his entire career in that situation where, because just because he's, he's English, like, and especially because he's an attack, you know, an attacking player like that, because that's where all like the designated players are. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not, they're not going to put a U.S. like a former USL guy in that sort of spot when they when they're going to drop like what 15 million on some young South American or something. Yeah, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. it's weird dynamics of the of the MLS. But I I get what you're saying. Some of these guys are over the shot, and he's that guy for your team. I'm yeah. I'm happy to see the USL take advantage of that and, yes. and sweep up all those players. He's also a fan favorite. One again, one of the nicest humans I've ever met. He's he's so kind. One of the kindest humans, but also I think he does the first year he was here, the second year I think combined he had like four red cards and they were all for like yelling at refs. But since then, he's calmed down and a more composed Anderson Asiedu is one of the scariest things that you could see on a pitch. He is he is truly one of those game changers. The thing is, is that you may not see that impact as much because he's just, I mean, he's not a striker. He's not a cam. He's not a goalkeeper. You're not going to see him directly come up on the scoreboard or onto maybe the stat page as much, but you're going to be able to tell he's out there if he does make his start. You, um, you mentioned he's coming back from injury. So like, do you expect for him to be in the, the 18? Is there a possibility he'll, he'll be in the starting lineup? He will be in the 18. The starting lineup's the question. He's They're trying to get him back into match fitness. Mm-hmm. The person that I'm not sure will make the 18 is our leading goal scorer right now, Prosper Kasim. He went out with a hamstring injury after the restart against uh, Memphis, um, where uh, Ryan James has taken his place, which Ryan James has done a fantastic job, but he doesn't have the golden left boot of Prosper Kasim. So if we're, it's going to be a kind of a different Legion team than you're used to. That's going to be the big question mark of will they be in the 18 unless another injury comes out from training. Interesting. Interesting. Now, what do you, um, what do you make of Birmingham's chances against Louisville city? I, it's going to be the same thing that I said about New Mexico. Um, I think that the way that this team has been playing, the emergence of Jake Roof um, and the um, the moving to Mikey Lopez as a defensive midfielder has made this defense near impossible to break down. Um, I think that I would be incredibly surprised if Legion give up more than one goal. I think one goal is all Lucy is going to get, maybe two if there's a howler. I would be incredibly shocked. I, I would almost say it's impossible, almost impossible to get more than that past us. But the question is going to be, will Legion score? I don't know. I think this is a match that is destined to be a 1-0 win for Loose City or a 1-1 draw. I don't, I don't know if I can see Legion scoring too past a brilliant defense that is Loose City, but maybe. 
Maybe, but I would say the chances of a draw is 50% and maybe, uh, let's do math real quick, 30% lose city win. And then the remaining 20% a Legion win, I would put a lot of money on the draw. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I think it's going to be a lot different match than the first time we met again, you guys just seem to found your stride a bit more. I mean, you did, we, you did get a, I mean, we did get a point, only a point from you guys last time. Which well, that, felt disappointing that was from our bar. perspective. Huh? That was the thanks to uh, the very first iteration of VAR in the USL. <laughs> That's given me one of my favorite gifs of the season. When uh, when Napo uh, said that was an effing joke to the ref, I even like put a caption on it. It's so funny. <laughs> now, uh, oh, I had memory hold that game. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was a fun. It was. I wish it went better on the pitch, but I had a great time at that match and hang out with all the, all the fans and whatnot. So um, is there, is there like a, a good troop of you guys coming up or is it, or is it just you and a few others, you know, of? Um, last I heard it was sitting around 10 to 12 that are traveling with the supporters group. There's probably going to be a couple other stragglers that come up as well. Um, it looks like it's going to be a decent away day. It helps that this is finally on a Saturday. Yeah. Uh, every other time that we've played you guys has been on a Wednesday, except for That's no fun. Yeah. Except for the uh the one time that we played you guys on a Saturday back in 2019, but it got rained out, so we had to play at 10 a.m. Yeah, That's I the only time that, that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a weird one. Yeah. Weird random Sunday uh morning match. It was cold too. I think it was early in the season, wasn't it? Yeah, it was uh, March 31st um, back in yeah. 2019. It was freezing and it was miserable. Yeah. Yeah. But we won because <laughs> Chandler Hoffman ba- uh, bagged the game winning goal against you guys. Chandler which... Hoffman. There you go. Hometown hero and former Louisville City star. Yeah. Hometown hero. <laughs> So we hate, like, from the outside perspective, who on Louisville City scares you the most in the matchup? Um, well, it's kind of, I guess it's a little bit confusing because I, I don't know what's going on with Lancaster, if he's going to play, if he's not going to play, because he didn't play against Hartford. I know that he wasn't even in the eighteen. Um, I think I, he's for, questionable. For the, yeah, I think for the, rec- for the yeah. record, I would I would expect him for Birmingham. Uh, expect I, him to be available at least. I, mean, I don't that. think he'll get the start, but he'll probably be be on the roster. Lancaster is your obvious answer there, but I don't know, man. You have, I mean, Harris is Wilson. Harris is ridiculous. Uh, Mushigalusa, not only the best name to say in the USL, but terrifying. Um, I'm glad you appreciate the name. I, I have so much too. fun whenever like new people are at the stadium, get, like pronouncing his name for all the people around me at the, in the seats. And out of all the players, I mean, I know I just named your attacking players, but to be honest, our defense, I think, like I said, can hold you guys at least from scoring more than one. I think Lou City will get their goal. I don't think we're going to shut you guys out. I would be shocked. But it's really going to be, I mean, I mean, is it is it Winder or Winder? Josh. Winder. Widener. Winder. Okay. Um, he's young. He's really freaking good. Um, ever since Lou City went back to playing like that four man back line and just let him do the dang thing, and Tosh does his thing, but Winder, my God, um, he terrifies me. He could single handedly shut down at least our strikers and make us more reliant on our midfield, and that horrifies me. Interesting, interesting choice. I like it though. Josh is Josh is really good. He's like one of those guys. I knew would be like we all knew would be good, but it's happened a lot quicker than what I yeah, thought. It's an, I was it's amazing not expecting the first this to be the season. Yeah, like guys like him and Jogo, like and just like the amount of like quality they can increase in one year is just crazy. And largely it's because these boys are still growing, you know. Yeah, I mean, well, they're they're so good. I the one thing, and maybe you guys, this is partially just because I like his name. But, you know, obviously Kyle Morton goes down with his injury. I mean, I'm gutted for the guy. But, man, I really wanted to see Siegfried get on the field. I really – I mean, I understand that 
the guy that they have back there right now. Um, he's he's more than capable. But I mean, Siegfried was the backup last year. You would think mm-hmm. that he would have been the one to get the call there. Yeah, I think it's he a- he came in for one game earlier in the season, and I I don't think it it's all on him, but it just happened to be the worst defensive game that they've played. Was, was that year. the LA one? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and like. I mean, he got hung out to dry in that game because it was a lot of like one-on-one breaks against the keeper where there was not much of anything he could end or two-on-one breaks against the keeper in one of those goals. Um, And then we just haven't seen much of him since then. And I guess to his credit, like Fondes has been very good in the, the couple of games he's played, but. Yeah, he's been, he's been great. I think it's one of those things where it's like a, a battle behind closed doors. Like we just, we don't see what the staff sees but, um, mm-hmm. in, in practice. So, I mean, again, Danny Fondes' performance over the past few games has gave me no reason to pause in, in their decision. And I'm sure if they put Parker in there, he probably would have done, done very well as well. But I guess they just saw something a little bit more with, uh, with Danny. I mean, Parker's still young. And it's great he's getting an opportunity to learn alongside Danny Fondes, who I think is like 29, and Kyle Morton's like 28 or something. So he's got mm-hmm. some older guys ahead of him to learn and continue to grow and develop around. That thing about the goalkeepers are, and you know, this is like they just I, I it almost feels like their their peak period is is pushed back a little farther yep. than some of the other positional groups. So Plus, he's still <laughs> plenty of time. Louisville historically has liked to make the keepers earn it. It's, I think we've it constantly had keepers on the roster for like two plus years before they took over the start. Um, yeah. I know Hubbard Hubbard was our backup for mm. a long time before, before he finally like got to start for a season. Um, so there's always a lot of competition for the goalkeeper spot. It seems. I mean, it's one of those things uh, preseason with the USL show, we put out a big Google doc that, got a lot of traction um, that or a Google form that's like, who's going to win golden glove. Who's going to win golden boot, which I found out then that it's golden glove and not golden gloves, even though keepers wear two gloves. And I think that's stupid, but apparently it's just, they just get one golden glove anyway. That's they a, just, they just stole it from baseball, even though the term doesn't. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm with you. It's, it needs to be, it needs to be two gloves. You have one glove in baseball. That's why you call it the golden gloves there. <laughs> Cause it's the golden boot and the golden glove. It's not golden gloves and it's not golden boots. I figured well, I found that I got with the boots. You typically you, only shoot with one foot at a time though. I'll, that one I'll, makes I'll sense. take that. Yeah. That, that, Kyle, here's your opportunity at the USL show. At the end of the year, you give out golden gloves award and they, in yeah, the you're US in the position, you can yeah. just call the USL shows, and, the golden gloves. And the league only has the one glove, but you're giving out the two glove award. We'll give out two. Um, well, luckily for you guys, the number one, well, the number one, the number two winner of the preseason was Kyle Morton. Everybody thought he would win golden glove. The second best answer or the second answer, which had over 20 responses was whoever plays keeper for loose city. So it had nothing to do. It had nothing to do with the goalkeeper rather than just this back line. And it was, and I think that it kind of stands up now. I mean, you guys had your lowest dose game, which everybody has a lowest dose game. If you don't have a lowest dose game, you're not playing in the USL. Um, <laughs> it's just one of those things that it happened. But mm-hmm. ever since then, it never really felt like, even in matches that you lost, it never felt like your defense was necessarily the issue. No, yeah. The, when they've struggled, it's been struggled on converting chances. And, but the, and- the defense has been, I think, the most consistent thing. All season and, and a lot of time anytime we've had problems it's been more like momentary lapses versus like they just had like a complete bad game or complete bad game plan yeah and that's part of the system they play i mean like you when you bring the the, the back line as ridiculously high as louisville does like you're just you're gonna get burned a couple times a season yeah. on that no matter how good you are i just yeah. i think back to our, our last um or not the last match um the um the orange County match, the, the goal that we let up and Zach, we had talked about it on soccer city about like, should Tosh have tried to head the ball in the first, it's just like little, like just moments, you know, it's not like yeah. players just completely blowing it all match. It's like, and that's, and I mean, that's, I guess that's a lot of the game, but it's just that's soccer, but yeah, it's yeah. one little miscommunication. You give up goal. Yeah. So I'm glad we haven't had a match where it's like, boy, everything went wrong there or boy, this player is just trash all match long. We've thankfully haven't yeah. had something like that. Yeah. 
So we've been uh, been quite fortunate. So um, I'm excited that uh, that you guys are going to get to come up and experience the, the match day there. I know you've been to Lynn Family um, Stadium before, but not for uh, not for a Birmingham match. No. Right? Yeah. I, yeah. So I was I was a little bit gutted because I was hoping that while I was up there, I could go see another racing match. I uh, was but they're down in Daytona, which good for them that's awesome but man i'm wondering it's gonna be a weird one it's gonna be a weird one but i mean i was looking into tickets for that and i was i was just looking at like where the where the affordable tickets are actually seated it's like it's like watching the game from another time zone (laughs) oh is it like way up in the race stance yeah like the 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 only like the cheap tickets in air quotes were like way like top of the race stand (laughs) oh no little dots running around playing soccer literally need binoculars yeah i mean i get it i mean it's racing i mean that makes sense you have daytona one of the more iconic i i who was it was it tennessee and virginia tech years ago that played at bristol and they had something it was some ridiculous they sold out the the bristol raceway which i think has a capacity of one hundred and seventy thousand people it reminds me, I think it was um, Syracuse played basketball out like outdoor, like at a football stadium and they convert it and they put the stands and like how they angled it. You could get seats that were like way, way, way far away. Like they had like the ESPN camera crew up there. Like you literally couldn't see the, uh, see the game there. <laughs> Bizarre stuff. But yeah, I'm super excited to see this for a men's game. The last time I've been to Louisville for a men's game would have been, <laughs> It it would have been the last FC Cincinnati versus Louisville match. Um, wow. That was the that was the last time. Oh yeah, um, that was the last time I went up there. That was a it was a fun one. I'm excited to see it in in person. And the racing match was really fun. The thing was that really kind of sucked about it was just the fact that racing was an inaugural team going through inaugural growing pains, and fans weren't as interested. But this is a loose city team that is still flying high, and it's going to be a Saturday match. It's going, it looks like it's going to be a battle in the top five teams of the East. I mean, loose city fans are going to be going out there. Some there's a contingency of Legion fans. It's shaping up to be an awesome atmosphere, and I'm stoked for it. Yeah, the the racing like atmosphere and stuff. I think that will grow with time. I mean, like Rome was built in the day. Louisville City just you know started and has grown. It'll it'll follow the same sort of trajectory. But with the Louisville City matches, to your point, like especially this time of year, if the Red Bulls, the yeah, the weather is reasonable. I mean, it'll probably be easy 10k plus. So it'll be a, yeah. a great boom in atmosphere. And you know, you gotta love that that Saturday evening time slot. It'll be a lot of fun. I. The one thing, and I'm I'm so glad I'm so glad I said to Hubbard before he like retired. Um, but when when you guys came down to Birmingham and beat us in the last game of the year, we're not going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> I yelled um, I yelled something. I yelled at your keeper. Your your stadium has eyelashes, and he and he like bent over and looked back to me and just was cackling because <laughs> me just yelling that his stadium has eyelashes which somebody pointed out to me when it was first being built and i cannot unsee it it's, i love our eyelashes yeah, it's a it's a it's a gorgeous stadium and it deserves eyelashes <laughs> these eyelashes trigger the nwsl but it's a lot of fun I like only them. when they blink purple thank you very much think about the kids please i know <laughs> and then every other sporting event i watch on tv they all have like way more like way more like of a light show going on that's like it's, and we're the problem right the down on brian denny the first time that they turned the lights red completely red we i was down on the field and there were no white lights there were nothing else it was just red it you couldn't see you could not see it when the field team came onto the field it was strobing lights everywhere i'm and i'm not like epileptic but i was like my god thank god i'm not because this is bad and then i see people complaining about about lynn family and i'm like y'all you don't know bad (laughs) and the funny thing about that whole thing is that i think like it seems to me like it because like i i like to pay close attention to tiny details but it seems like the way they set up the light show at lynn they actually do a pretty decent job of like there's almost, there's always the whole way through the show. There's always fill lights 
on so it never it never gets completely black like the, the the lights never all go off at the same time you always have like a little bit of fill light in the background like it's it's a pretty well done yeah. light show for 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 stuff like that and the only time it wasn't was the very first game for racing they just had tuned and they were like extra prominent remember yeah, that they, they that noticeably toned it down after that at first the one. end yeah no it was it was awesome i thought it was really cool but yeah it's changed dramatically since that very first time which i mean that's just a, a learning thing and even then though i i would argue like it's a survivable event, if we're going to be honest. Yeah. I'm hoping we don't see the lights do that whatsoever on a Saturday <laughs> night in Louisville. I'm hoping that that can stay in the back pocket until your next match. <laughs> hey, speaking of, uh, okay, so I don't, are you familiar with a song called The Brass Bonanza? Oh, Zach, yeah. Zach's going to set up. No, okay, so then you gotta let it go, man. No, I no. Here's just let me let me go my direction with it. So, the Brass Bonanza was the goal scoring song for the Hartford Whalers back in the day, and it's a it's a great like goal scoring song, and it's back something in that 1920. I think it's, it's a giant annoying brass. <laughs> oh, the song is like oh, and that's I'm like I'm like they played in the early 90s, but no, um, but anyway, no, it has like cultural ties there. I think the um Hart- Hartford Athletics should like work it within there, make it their goal of scoring score or something like that. Does Birmingham have any have any sort of like historic team from from the city that that you could draw some sort of inspiration from, whether it's like a goal scoring? You guys should pull a Portland and have somebody start like smelting. So we did have that. Um, yeah. We used to have um, a forge that used to. Uh, make iron ingots at the match um, that did not make the uh, transition over to protective. But if you go back and watch any highlights uh, from old Birmingham Legion matches at BBVA, that we used to have a, we used to have an iron forge, a steel forge cool. at I every single that. match. Yep. Um, that was one of the things that was unfortunately lost to protective that I am very bitter oh, about. They won't. Oh, so it's, it's not because they won't let you versus it just kind of died out. Oh, no, it did not die out. It was one of the best parts of the game. It was just they uh, protective stadium BJCC doesn't do that. But <laughs> I mean, apparently they, didn't want, they want you guys to burn the stadium down. So it's not allowed but, anymore. So when it, you guys scored, like you had like a hot iron on an anvil, yep. you just start hammering. And they, that's, and that's they, electric. That is so yes. awesome. Yes, um, it was. I it must was have incredible. vaguely remembered that is why I, I brought that up. It was incredible, and it's something that I desperately want back. Um, they they used to fire a cannon on kickoffs. Um, it was it was a full thing, and I mean Birmingham is a steel city. It this is I mean, it's the reason it got the nickname the Magic City. I mean it's yeah. a steel city. I think if we we're going to have a song, um, I don't know what it was, but it was another hockey song before. Um, before the Birmingham Bulls, which is our uh, SPHL hockey team, uh, they were around before and they would sell 12,000 uh, a night back in the 90s, the 80s and 90s. They were selling 12,000 tickets a night and they came back and they're, they're selling out their games now about 5,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think their goal scoring song could be fun. Um, I guess maybe the Stallions, because this is not the first time the Stallions have been around. It's just oh, really? maybe a little bit. That. Yeah, so the UPS or UPSL, that's a different league. USFL was a, um, was a thing before, and then it got shut down. And it's amazing that they actually made it to a championship game. But I think, if anything, Legion fans would love for the Forge to come back. Because hearing the Pretty call cool. fire up the forge at the, whenever someone scores was incredible. I'm triggered for you that you can't have that anymore. You know, it's just like I know a lot of teams kind of have something like that anymore, but I still love every incarnation of them. You know, Portland Timbers sawing the log electric. I mean, even the crew start doing a jackhammer on the concrete. Sure. Like, whatever. That's awesome. Like, <laughs> even uh, um, Atlanta United, they have the giant, like, the nail they, the spike. yeah, they, yeah they, they hammer it in like that stuff's great and especially if it has like cultural roots and ties so that's that's exactly what i was talking about kind of what with the that heart for whalers breast bonanza thing like tie in the local culture and the in the history into to what we have now i love that that interlacing and that's perfect i'm mad for you i hope you guys get your own stadium so you can do all the forging you want there we we want to stay so bad what? protective was a 
was the only option we had, but mm. dear God, we need a new, we need our own place. <laughs> so kind of in that vein, I guess I've not heard anything of it. And I hope that's because I've not been paying attention versus bad news, but has there been any even sort of like pie in the tie sky talk about like getting some sort of property for development of a stadium? <sighs> there's been, we know that there's a training grounds on the way. Um, we know oh, that's, that, see, I, that sure. I didn't know. That's good. That should get the ball rolling. That should get the ball rolling. We know that there are training grounds on the way. That hasn't been officially announced, but it's basically just a known commodity at this yeah. point. Um, where it's going to be is more or less the big holdup. They don't know for sure where it's going to be quite yet, but they're narrowing it down. Hopefully, everybody wants it to be near Sloss Furnace, which Sloss Furnace is the big steel mill that is right in town. You can see it downtown when you go in and there's an open spot right in front of the sauce furnace that you can have the old steel mill as a background to the stadium and everybody is like do it do it do it do it do it you are billionaires just build it (laughs) it's a billionaire vanity project just build it up you'll love it we'll love it (laughs) throw your name on it there you have it yeah easy access to anvils too it's I'm I'm genuinely mad for you over that. Yeah. That you can't it's, have it at your current stadium. I, did, I had no idea that was a thing. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh, fun time. So, <laughs> all right. Um, I guess we should probably start wrapping things up here soon. Um, before I get you start plugging all your your socials, websites, where to find you. Any uh, any additional thoughts on the Legion slash Birmingham versus Louisville coming up? I think if you're going to find a player. The, the way Legion play is very, very interesting. Last time we talked, Legion was very much a hold the possession kind of team. And, you know, we're going to cut out chances by holding possession. And while it was up a man, even before Lucidity uh, had that red card, Legion were holding possession against Lucidity very well. Yep. We have changed that entirely. We have moved to a counterattacking team. We and we are going to press the crap out of you and counterattack. At least that's what we've been doing. That's had success. I think against Lucidity City, that could cause some trouble considering the fact that you guys love to hold possession and it's hard to hold, it's hard to get possession when the other team holds possession. That's math. Um, but I do think that this is a very interesting system that the Legion are playing. I don't think anybody else really plays this way. Um, we play with basically a four center back system and yeah. Um, so this is going to be part one of my shameless plug. Um, if you look at my last website, posting post-match reactions, uh, Legion Dos Acero, New Mexico United, um, you can see where I break down the system where our left back essentially plays like a wide center back. Our center back, Famuel Kavita, who might be the best center back in the league. I'm just throwing that out there. He's incredible. Um, he is, they have very overlapping areas. Mikey Lopez plays a defensive midfielder slot, which is essentially just another center back role. He plays so deep that he plays center back. Um, and then Alex Cronali has the other side of the box. The only soft spot in this team is going to be the attacking left or our right back side where Johnny Dean is going out wide and he has lots of range to go forward. Johnny Dean, who's a right back, is essentially playing like a right midfielder who is able to go into the center of the park. So if Lucid is going to break down this Legion defense, it's going to be going down that attacking left side. Um, you know, guys like Mushigalusa might be thriving in this kind of match, but that said, if it ends up becoming a match where it becomes very defensive, that's still a five to six man back line with four four people essentially playing center back. You're not going to have a lot of success through the center of the park. You're most likely going to score through the cross in the box, crossing the ball into the box from the left side. If you get a goal from outside of there, it I don't know what happened. I would be very shocked. If you're going to create a chance, it's going to come from that left side. We do like our crosses. You do like your crosses. Uh, yes, I know. 
so so what i'm getting is is that and it's kind of what i was speculating based off your recent run it's gonna be a very different match than our first meeting yeah i mean we have players that are missing from that from that first meeting um guys who started like uh uh well i'm blanking now uh thomas van kazeel he's now down in tampa bay we traded him away uh anderson oh i totally missed that one yep we traded him away um there's allegedly a big signing on the way because of that so we'll see um guys van kazeel is gone um mikey lopez is playing in the center of the park and no, no longer a right back um so that's going to be where jake roof slots and is now on the left back johnny dean's playing right back now uh bruno lapa who was on the bench for that match we don't know how much he's going to play because he's just now getting back from having green card issues this is a and now we have instead of Marlon playing up top, we're playing him as a winger. Enzo Martinez is not playing as a winger anymore. He's playing as a cam. This is a completely different team. The only thing that have stayed the same is the fact that Fanwell Cavita and Alex Cornali are playing center back and Matt Van Oakle is still a goalkeeper. Other than that, everything you knew from the last game, throw it out the window. It doesn't matter anymore. Interesting. Be an interesting one. Yeah. MVO. I like that nickname too. I, I, I know that because I saw that they like, we have that now McCabe shirt from that stadium Prince guy. Mm-hmm. And the one I have for you guys is MVO. I think that's, yeah. this is fun to say. MVO, the donut King. Um, <laughs> love that guy. The donut King. Yeah. I love it. Lo- love that guy. All right, Kyler. I know you have a lot to plug here. Where are the multiple sources that people can find and hear from you? you got a list you need like rolled out (laughs) um if you want to find a lot of my stuff my main source is going to be hammering down uh go to hammeringdown.com um i take if you like how benton writes i take a lot of my influence from benton um i've taken so much influence from him so if you like that you'll probably like what i do there uh the podcast it is i'm normally a solo podcaster but i do have several player interviews that are on there including one that should be coming out uh on monday with jake roof so you can see that um if you want to see other stuff the usl show it's a one-stop shop for everything usl uh, if you want to get into the women's game a little bit and maybe racing has made you a little bit mad because somehow they blew another two goal lead, well, check out the UWS, uh, UWS weekly every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. Have a cup of joe and get ready for your day. Uh, I think that's everything. I'm sure I forgot something. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> would you believe me if I told you that Kaylor Hodges does in fact sleep and eat at some point every day? <laughs> It's amazing all the work that you do. It's a lot of fun listening to it and following it all. I, I'll admit I have a soft spot for Birmingham when it doesn't conflict with my my Louisville City interests. You're the kind of team, kind of market, kind of fan base that I want to see uh, thrive in the league. Again, yeah, great crest. Yeah, yeah, I hope. Yeah, yeah, I hope you guys get uh, get a silver medal every year to our gold. Is that um, fair? <laughs> I mean. If, if we can trade off, you guys win the Supporters' Shield and we win the Cup, and then we and then you win the Cup and we win the Supporters' Shield, if we can if we can alternate like that, mm, I'm, I'm okay. I'll take deal. I'm, no, I'm too greedy for that. I'm, I want it all. You guys can oh, see, we haven't gotten money. the Supporters' Shield yet, though, so I want I want that one. Right, let's, take, let's, let's take our deals one year at a time. How about that one? Mm. We'll, neg- we'll negotiate. But like either way, no, I, 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 yeah, I have a lot of, a lot of love for you guys. Again, like my experience going down to, uh, to a Birmingham Legion game was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. I would encourage every Louisville city fan to, to make that trip. And I'm hoping to make it again next year and for, for years to come. It was a great time. You guys were wildly hospitable. Even before you showed up, there were other random people that we had met. They were just waving us down to come join them at the tailgate. A lot of fun. Big fan. Love. I Good love what we're doing. There. I love what we're doing, and I'm so excited to make it up to another Loose City match, not as an FC Cincinnati fan. And I, <laughs> I feel like the reception will be a lot nicer. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a lot of fun having you guys up. So, um, Kayla, thank you for uh, for making some time to join uh, join us talking about everything that you have going on, the Legion, and our uh, in our upcoming match. So, looking forward to it. Thank you for having me. It's been an yeah. absolute blast. Absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, again, that's Michaela Hodges. Make sure you follow him on social medias and whatnot. Again, it's a, 
he does a lot of great work. Make sure you, you check it out. Um, appreciate you guys tuning in to another episode of the Vamos Marauders podcast. Again, if you kind of missed our, our previous message, Zach and I, we're doing Soccer City Radio now each week on ESPN 680-1057. Yeah, you got it memorized. I got it memorized because so. we got to do every commercial break now. <laughs> So we're uh, so we've obviously dialed down our cadence a little bit with the Vamos Morales podcast, but we're still absolutely doing this. So make sure you check us out here and there. Zach, is there anything that we should bring up that I have yet to do? Do so. I think we hit them all. Okay. All right. We'll let these fine people go. Move on to the next podcast and their uh, and their list. And uh, Kyler, we'll talk to you later. See ya. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye, all. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.